Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Proloff. So glad to have you. We do have NFL football tonight, but it doesn't really feel like the old Steelers-Patriots showdowns (laughs) that we got used to with Roethlisberger and Tom Brady Proloff. But that doesn't mean there aren't implications for this game. For the Patriots, obviously trying to get the number one or number two overall pick. This is massive. You know, you hate to say it, but a loss for them definitely helps in the long term. And then for Pittsburgh, they need to win. You know, the AFC quarterback situation is dire, and they are part of that with Mitchell Trubisky starting tonight for the injured Kenny Pickett. But they are in the thick of this playoff race. This is a big game for them. Yeah, I don't understand. Mitchell Trubisky has as much experience as any backup in the NFL. Why is he so bad? <laughs> I mean, if you tell me Jake Browning can go out there and light it up, C.J. Beathard can have a field goal drive, why can't Mitchell Trubisky beat a terrible team? This is an interesting litmus test to me. Like, Trubisky better deliver tonight. Otherwise, I don't know what you do if you're the Steelers because you're paying this guy. He's getting paid for a backup. He should be able to win this game easily. And I'm just a bit nervous about the Steelers because they have been so incompetent. Well, it hasn't been good, but Mike Tomlin generally has been good coming off of an embarrassing loss, and he's been good on short weeks. So generally leads Steelers here, and they just need this game. But and it's going against the worst team. The Patriots, the Patriots are, are the they're the worst. Maybe the Panthers. So here's the thing. I think the Panthers are worse. Yeah. But the offense for the Patriots is not recognizable as an NFL offense. Like they you talk about the Jets don't have a starting quarterback on their team. The Patriots do not have a starting quarterback on their roster. And uh, no disrespect to Malik Cunningham. I have no idea what he's like, but it's there's not a starting quarterback here between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. So Maybe the, Mac could be resurrected somewhere else, but it's not happening. Here. So I watched a lot of that Chargers game. Don't ask me why. It was I, a rain game. I thought I had picked that game for my under, and I was thrilled all day in our weekly picks. Turns out I picked another game, another rain game, <laughs> that was a complete <laughs> score How many bets you got going on? So I thought, I'd, I thought my whole piece, I, I was all about the under there, and I didn't pick it. But <laughs> Bailey Zappi, you think Bailey Zappi played terribly. It was 6 nothing, right? I would assume everybody thought that. Bailey Zappi did not have one chance to throw the ball. Bill Belichick handed a ball off every game. He doesn't like, trust him. Of course he doesn't trust him, but it was like the Mac Jones win game against Buffalo. There was no way to evaluate anything about Bailey Zappi because they were running an offense from 1956. So it's not that the quarterbacks are terrible. Belichick basically goes out. They are, but Belichick goes out there and says, we're going to take the air out of the ball and try and win this with defensive running. I hope he doesn't do it tonight because that would be the most boring game ever. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be boring. We all just have to recognize that. But that's why we want to spice this thing up because we have come up with a new segment that we're going to be debuting right now on the Maggie and Perloff show. We are going to start doing this on Thursdays, not necessarily tied to the NFL game, but just on Thursdays. And this is what it sounds like. Exploring sports' biggest what-ifs and could-have-beens. Let's dive into the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. Now, I learned what a multiverse is five minutes ago. (laughs) But I get it. 
I get the point. We're going back over if we could ever redo a change. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. could things be different? And today's inspired by tonight's game is this question. What would have happened to the Patriots if Tom Brady never left? If Tom Brady never left for Tampa, do they win another Super Bowl or do they not? I will go first. They were getting bad by 2019. The Bill Belichick GM experiment was failing miserably. There were no receivers there. Remember the look on Tom Brady's face at the end? It was very, very pessimistic. They were headed towards mediocrity with or without Tom Brady. Let's look at some of their receivers here. They drafted Nikhil Harry. That was a bad move. Yeah. He was throwing to Philip Dorsett. Julian Edelman was on his last leg. He wasn't going to be there. Uh, they tried to bring in Demarius, the late Demarius Thomas. Uh, they, they were just a mess. They could not draft skill position players, and it was starting to wear them down. Tom Brady's guys got old. There was no way to fix this. Brady got really lucky to get out of there when he could and go to Tampa Bay because the Patriots' defense was still going to be good, but this offense just had no juice. It was not going to look good. Okay. I think they still would have won another one. It was as bleak as it could possibly have been in 2019, right? Brady's last pass wasn't a pick six. I mean, terrible stuff against the Titans, a loss in Gillette. I mean, awful in the playoffs. But it was a playoffs. It was the last game of the regular season. I don't even remember. It, it was, was playoffs. It was playoffs. It was yeah. so dreadful. It was Logan Ryan. I remember who did it. I just remember the game. But it was so dreadful. And here's that would have been the rock bottom. And if you still had Brady in the building, here's a couple of things that would have happened, a couple of things that never would have happened. Okay. A couple of things that would have happened is Brady had an ability to bring wide receivers that he wanted into the building. He did this with Antonio Brown mm -hmm. to work out that well. He did it with, I think, Randy Moss, Chad Ochocinco, other guys. He was not afraid of having big personality receivers. And I think that Brady, like the allure of playing with Brady, would have, I think, could have lured one of these receivers who wanted to leave their situations. That's Devontae Adams. That's A.J. Brown. These are the guys who are difference makers and who Brady could have, you know, connected with and, and New England still would have been an attractive place to play. You never get Josh McDaniels leaving to go to yeah. the Raiders. That never happens if Brady still stays. So that means you never get this ridiculous combination of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense last year, which looked awful. And if you had had Bill O'Brien back, when, if Josh McDaniels actually did go for another head coaching job, whatever, we already know what that looks like. One other thing. The Patriots are bad, bad team. The defense, though, is not bad. The defense is still good. They're still a top half of the league and top third of the yeah. league, rather, defense without two of their best players, by the way, with Matthew Judon hurt and Christian Gonzalez yeah. out. And they still are a really good defense. If they had an average quarterback, average, if they had Russell Wilson right now, if they had Justin Fields, whoever you want to say, an average quarterback, they would be a winning football team because the defense mm. is that good. So if they still had Brady... And Belichick didn't forget how to coach a defense, okay? They just, they whiffed at the quarterback position and the wide receiver positions. They've always still had a good run game. So if Brady could attract all these wide receivers, why didn't he attract any in 2019? Well, I think that would have been the rock bottom where Brady could have said, you got to let me recruit. You've got to let me go out there and work my TB12 thing but, and, and no, start, but, to start batting eyelashes at guys. Okay, and there's nothing in, he, 
he got Randy Moss was a very distressed asset when Randy Moss came there. He was. And Antonio Brown was on the garbage heap. He was not. He was nothing. They can you picture them trading a first round pick for a wide receiver? They never even came close to that. I don't know what. Maybe I'm wrong, but check the Randy Moss trade. I don't think that was a high draft pick. No, at all. it wasn't a high draft pick. But that was. So they've never done anything like that. Why all of a sudden after after 20 years of running it one way with Bill Belichick change? He the way he was going to change. Well, I think if if they if Brady had stayed, something would have had to change in their relationship, right? Because the relationship had gotten really bad. All but the Alex people Carrero don't change. stuff. No, but I think Brady still had a large degree of say in the organization, right? And I think that if they, his relationship with Robert Kraft, all that stuff is really good. If he had stayed and said, listen, I'm going to stay, but certain things have to change. You don't think that would have happened? Not I that absolutely they don't. I think that's why he left because I think that's exactly why he left. He needed good receivers and he knew he wasn't going to get them in New England. Oh. So he's like, I need Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm out of here because you know there's no way New England was bringing good receivers. They have two guys that you mentioned out of a 20-year run that are memorable in any way. So I, they were due. <laughs> no, but also I think that, yes, they had been doing things a certain way, but if Brady's saying either I'm going or I'm staying and you have to do this for me to stay, I think they would have acquiesced. The other thing is a lot of that stuff with him leaving, like – I don't know. You read a lot about it. It wasn't personnel. It was like Alex Guerrero, like the body man for Brady and the slights that Belichick used to give Brady and never giving him a game ball in 20 years and always pointing out all of his flaws. Like Brady, at least from the reporting, just felt sick of always being the whipping boy of Belichick. He didn't really complain about the personnel. Yeah, I I don't know, though, if... Think about this. If the Patriots were any good in 2019, if they had weapons around, say Edelman was five years younger and right. Gronk was eight years younger, sure. do you think he'd be he would have left? No. They would have been they would have he could have put all that stuff to the side and kept on going if they were successful. But Brady is a winner. He knew this team was not headed in the right direction. And Belichick's not changing. I, I think this idea that Belichick would have been forced to change, watch tonight. The dude will not change. He's going to run the same Bill Belichick stuff <laughs> till the end of time. Well, the defensive stuff is actually still working. So on that side of the ball, he doesn't have to change. On the offense, for sure, it would have had to. But again, you would have never had these blips with the Matt Patricia running the offense. Like None of that crap would have ever happened here. So that's our question for you. In the Maggie and Perloff multiverse, the first what-if question as we debut this new segment what would have happened if Tom Brady never left New England? I think they would have ripped off another one. A Super it, would have Bowl. Been t- it would have been tough with Mahomes. Uh, granted, it would have been tough with Mahomes. Yeah, because they weren't a good team. But uh, yeah. he beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Yes, w- uh, with a really good team around him. I-, I think Brady is a utilitarian. He knew he had to win. I think the main. I disagree with you about one thing. I do understand the Alex Guerrero stuff and all that. If the roster was better in New England, I think he would have looked past of all that. I think he was smart. He's like, I got to get out of here. Get get me to San Francisco. Get me to Tampa Bay. Somewhere that they're on the uptick, not on the downtick. See, and I- I'm just picturing his face in 2019. It was so sad. It was so sad when he dropped back and he realized, oh, man, I just have to throw the ball into the ground because these dudes cannot get open. Okay, so here's why I think it had to do more with like individual stuff and egos and, and the Alex Guerrero stuff and everything is because he also allegedly want to go to the Raiders. <laughs> like he wasn't, it wasn't just like, I have to go to a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl right now. The Raiders weren't ready to win a Super Bowl right now. Let's look at the Raiders depth chart in 2020 compared to the Patriots. I'm sure. And I don't even remember who they had. I'm sure their receivers were way better than well, the Patriots. Everybody's receivers were better than the Patriots, but I, I'm saying they could have gotten new blood. I think Brady just wanted out, out. 
He wanted yeah. to leave. No, but Brady was obviously very smart in the place he picked. Do you think that was an accident that he ended up in Tampa Bay with a sort of sleeping giant team? Okay, here's here's the one. <laughs> Actually, maybe not. Uh, so <laughs> in 2020, they had just drafted Henry Ruggs. You know uh, how that ended, They had Hunter sadly. Renfro. Nelson Aguilar was there, ironically. Now, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones. Oh, they had a lot of young receivers. They had drafted a lot of these guys. Now, Yeah, that wasn't exactly murderer's row. It he did, just it wanted didn't really to leave out. New England. There was a moment where we all liked Brian Edwards. Yeah, I, I hear you. But also, I think he wanted to leave because the personnel was, was headed south. He did not like the team. And you could tell. And he, I think he was also sick of the offense as well. Do you think he was happy with the coaching? No. I mean, I think he still like Josh McDaniels. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. EJ, I think this screams for a poll question. Yeah, I'm posting it right now. There we go. You can go to at Maggie and Pearl. By the way, YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio is where you can watch the show, along with Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. We would never forget our great Twitch audience. Uh, but we are doing something in the spirit of the holidays now, which is we are donating a dollar for every subscriber we get before the end of the season. Our end of the season. End of the year. Our goal is a thousand. 1,000 subscribers. We donate a dollar to charity. And thank you to our boss, Spike Eskin, who is also chipping in on this endeavor. We donate that to the Boys and Girls Club, specifically earmarked for youth sports campaigns. So if you're in the chat right now, all you have to do is hit subscribe and you've donated. That's it. You hit subscribe. We donate on your behalf and we would be so, so grateful. Let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. Phil is in Pennsylvania. Hey, Phil. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Perloff. How you guys doing? Good. I actually agree with you, Perloff, that losing to Dallas is not the end of the world. Back whenever the Eagles just beat Kansas City, I told my family that the two most important wins for the Eagles to get are against Buffalo and against Seattle. I already penciled in Dallas and San Francisco as losses because lots of revenge factors there, lots of extra rest. Yep. But Buffalo on a short week, Seattle, you are really bad out there. Are the most important ones? Fourteen and three. I think you get it. And even if the Eagles lose this week to Dallas, Eagles still have the tiebreaker against them. You're going to hear a lot of chatter from Dallas, but still, Dallas has three NFC losses. Eagles only have two. That's the tiebreaker as of right now. So and wait, so Phil, the, where do you get the Niners' loss? That's what's worrying me a little bit. <laughs> the the Niners' loss. That was a revenge one. No, no, no. No, I'm saying they'll end up, the Niners could end up at 14 and 3, tied with the Eagles and possibly tied with the Cowboys, and they have the tiebreaker over both of them. So if the Eagles. Yeah, go ahead. I am banking on Baltimore. Yeah, me too. Going in there and possibly (laughs) a letdown because Seattle has 10 days of rest against San Francisco. San Francisco traveled to the East Coast and then back, emotional win. Yeah. And plus against a divisional foe against Seattle. I'm hoping Seattle pulls one out this week with the extra rest. Yeah, I'm actually going to be wearing a Lamar Jackson jersey for the December 25th <laughs> Ravens Niners game. Phil, thank Phil you. thinks like me. Yeah. He's looking big picture. You've this penetrated is, his brain. This or is not a sprint. It's a marathon, and there's a lot of calculus here. Yeah, just hoping and praying for another team to beat one of your rivals is something. Well, I got. I mean, listen, no one's going 17 and 0. This obviously, it feels weird to me that the expectation it's a disaster if you lose a game in the regular season. How many how many sixteen and or seventeen and champions no, no. have there ever been? None. Know, you got to drop a couple games. It bro, just happens. You have like we're not saying that the Eagles should have gone seventeen and zero. We know you're not going seventeen and zero. You've already lost games. So this no, is definitely not a must win game. It's just not. Well, 
I mean, beg to differ with you. You want to say must win. I mean, that's our friend Dave Damashek. Only the Super Bowl is really yes. a must win game. But you're you're talking about down the line. As far as the snapshot of where we are right now in the season, and as far as what you are playing for, which should be first place in your division, yeah. this is important. And to of say, it's to say otherwise, to say otherwise is just lying to yourself. No, but I think Phil and I, we look big picture. It's not it's not a must win game. I think people will say this is a must-win game. Listen, the Eagles are not as healthy as the Cowboys. That's not going to be the case in playoffs. For the Cowboys, it's a must-win. You don't want to fall back 0-2 to the Eagles because you're trying to win the division. Let's go to Nathan. He's in upstate New York. What a lovely place. Nathan, how are you? You hung up? Wow. (laughs) Do you think I was being sarcastic? I'm from upstate New York. No, that sounded more logistical. I don't think he even heard you. Oh, okay. Well, forget it then. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. This is the time in upstate New York when the sun disappears and you don't see it again until about eh, May. Yeah, we, we saw that when you were in that janky hotel. <laughs> hey, that was the nicest hotel in town. <laughs> I don't know, janky. <laughs> I, was, I was a little worried they for you. They have a pool there. It was very sad, Maggie. I know. I know. It's the brown curtains. It's just, there's nothing good that comes from the brown curtains. Meanwhile, uh, again, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. You hit subscribe. We donate to charity on your behalf. So we're getting into the giving spirit here at the Maggie and Perloff Show. Also, we've got an update for you on the big trade that happened overnight. All the details next. Stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Sensing some anger in the room, I'm going to be honest. Sensing some anger. Not because Andrew Bogus just walked in. (laughs) Why is it you guys get frustrated with me that I do not live and die by every regular season game? Let's look big picture, people. Come on. Here's where the fraudulent part of Pearl Off the Fan comes in. Who's the Who's the Eagles' biggest rival? Dallas Cowboys. Who are they playing this week? Dallas Cowboys. What's on the line? Nothing. First place in the division. Okay, Not- oh, first place in the division. Why do people still talk about divisions? Who cares? Okay, sorry. Playoff what? seating. Because the yeah, I mean playoff seating. It's all about the number one seed in this NFC. It doesn't matter if you're two, three, four, or five. Maybe home field, but first place winning that division doesn't do anything. Okay, well, it gets, I'm sorry, it gets you closer to getting home field and to getting more home playoff games. And all of that together, all three of those things matter. Your rival, big game, things on the line that actually do matter for the playoffs, your sacred, uh, nothing matters till we get to the playoffs. And yet you're claiming that you don't care about this. And it I just mean, seems so I care. fraudulent. I, no, I care. But I, de- I am realistic. Listen, NFL season is a long season. Guess who wins the Super Bowl every year? The team that mostly avoids injuries. Mm-hmm. So well, everyone, not Mahomes last year. He was you, limping around, beat your team. There you go. You said something last last segment about it. this is a snapshot of right now. Yes, it's a snapshot of right now. But you have to look bigger picture. Like, who is setting up well for the playoffs? Right now, there's a clear favorite in the NFL. By far, the San Francisco 49ers. So that's right now. But let's talk in a month. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I think you'd ra- probably rather have more home playoff games than road yeah, of course, playoff uh, games. Of course. But right. if they lose this game, it's not like, oh, I'm like, well, there's no reason to even watch the playoffs. It's over. Of course not. It's just one game in a regular season. It's like the NBA. Low management, <laughs> baby. Not exactly. Uh, Nate's in Pomona, California. Hey, Nate. Good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Thursday. Same. If, if you think anyone is better than the Niners in the NFL, you're, you're kidding yourself right now. When they're healthy, they are hands down the best team in the NFL. The Cowboys have no significant wins. The Eagles completely collapse. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but there's no other team that can beat them. If yeah. they're healthy, Nate, come on. You've, you've watched this team. You're out in California. They've been very talented for a long time. And how many rings do they have? Oh, that's Jimmy G, though. Come on. Oh, Jimmy oh, G's the problem now. And now Brock Purdy's uh-huh. the answer. No, I, I get what Nate's I get what Nate's doing there. Nate, thank you so much for the phone call. Well, I think, honestly. Jimmy G was holding them back. Last year was the injuries, too. And that's the thing. They're a very physical football team. Christian McCaffrey, you've said it. You've been very consistent on this. You think he's one of the best players ever. But there's a big but. The guy can't stay on the field consistently. Well, and I also think he's more the MVP of the team than Brock Purdy, but that's a whole other thing. Purdy is a good good quarterback, definitely good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's the MVP until until Debo has a Debo <laughs> game, and then Brian Kittle's Ayuk. the MVP, and then the defense is the MVP. There are a lot of MVPs there. The only one thing, mm, Baltimore. Mm, Baltimore, when they're full oh, strength, yeah. defense <laughs> full strength, but, yeah, no, that, the 49ers that, are the best team. That always happens. Baltimore, <laughs> the, the last quarter of the season, Baltimore's never had injury problems. How about James is in Modesto? Hey, James, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? I'm, oh, good. I'm heading up to Oregon, getting ready to pound through this snow up here. Oh, man, how much and, snow uh, do you have? Uh, there's supposed to be a little bit of snow, uh, a little bit higher than me, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting a little bit, but it'll be all right. I'll throw some chains on and get on over there and get back, you know, get back to the family. All right. Well, but, drive uh, safely. Oh, yeah, always. Uh, anyway, you guys are making, both you guys are making good points. I got a lot of Cowboy fan uh, friends and a lot of Eagle uh, friends. Uh, the Cowboy fans, uh, they seem to be more adamant about winning this game than the Eagle fans. They're like Proloff, you know, everybody's just kind of laid back, just letting the chips fall. They're not as uh, excited about, you know, having to win this game. But it is, uh, seriously, you got to get that home field advantage because uh, uh, that's funny, you know, you threw that out there. Uh, San Francisco is not – it's going to be a different game in Philadelphia if you can get that home game because the weather is going to be a lot different, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, you don't want San Francisco – San Francisco don't want to play Philadelphia in Philadelphia, you know, in January. That's for sure. They want to get them in San Francisco. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's funny, you know. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd call in and uh, say hey. And, hey, James, uh, are you Raiders. are you anywhere near? Is this pronounced Hoodoo Ski Area? The Hoodoo Ski. Hoodoo Ski? Uh, you <laughs> mean Siskiyous? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to thank you, James. Sorry, I didn't mean to confuse you there. Safe travels to work and back. I was trying to figure out where is it snowing in Oregon today. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know Oregon does not get a lot of snow, as I recall. Well, I'm looking at right near the Willamette National Forest, which I'm sure is gorgeous, close to kind of Bend, Oregon, if you will, in between Portland and uh, Sun River, as one does. Barry James, smart man. Philly fans letting chips fall where they will. This is Dallas has it circled. That, see, to me, the loser energy is to act like a regular season game means anything. Hmm. That is like, if Dallas really is bragging if they win this game, you could, I mean, it's going to come off as a weakness. No, I don't think it's bragging. It's they got to show they can win a big game. But this doesn't show you can win a big game. This shows you can beat the Eagles in Week 14. They got to beat San Francisco in the playoffs. That what do you think is their if Goliath. Dallas loses by three touchdowns. Nothing. They're going to face San Francisco. They're going to be, I told you a million times, they're going to be 12 and 5, and they're going to face San Francisco in the second round. It's happened the last three years, or basically. 
it's going to happen this year. That is their test. This is not their test. I think we should be skiing in Oregon is what I took away from that. Hung is our <laughs> pal in Harrisburg. Hung, you've got a thought on the AFC playoff picture. Oh, yeah. Happy snow day. We got a little bit of snow over here this morning, too. But anyway, let's go to the main point. I'm a, you know, I'm a Raven fan. Yeah. And you know the big tackle we got to face every year is the Kansas City. Yeah. You guys talk too much about Cowboy and, and Eagle. They Cowboy not go nowhere. Trust me. The Eagle got a chance. 49er got a chance. Raven got a chance. But you got to win a championship. You got to go to Kansas City. Kansas City, people forget, they got five AFC championship games straight and three Super Bowl appearance. So you got to win championship. You got to go through Kansas City. And let me tell you, I'm a Ravens fan. I need to beat the 49ers coming up, the biggest game of the season, regular season, 49ers Ravens. I got the Ravens win by three. There we go. All right, Hung, love it. Um, That's a good point. Are we... Talk, not talking about the Chiefs enough because they keep losing games. They are sort of still out there. It's kind of like when you were a Bills fan and the Patriots were still out there. Yeah, I guess here's the thing. It's like, is this going to be the first year in a long time where the AFC doesn't run through Kansas City? And what is that going to mean? Because it might run run through the Ravens. And yeah, for Hung's Baltimore Ravens. It might run through Miami, too. might run through Miami. And and. I still think that Kansas City can win a playoff game, can, can win the AFC Championship or whatever on the road, but it would be fascinating to see for, for the first time in, what, what do we say, five years, that it would not run through yeah, Kansas I mean, City. Yeah, I I think Baltimore looks great, but they have this crazy schedule at the end of the year, so they're going to have to be nearly perfect to get home field. So for some reason, I don't see the AFC title game in Baltimore. I see that on the road, too, and especially San Francisco. Hung, I want to bet Hung. San Francisco was designed to chase Lamar Jackson. I think in San Francisco, I, I, to me, it's San Francisco and everybody else. It's Man. the one-team one, one team league right now. Forgive me. I'm turning into Pearl off here. I, I, I'm like, how much snow's in Harrisburg today? It's uh, less than an inch, but the chance of participation is 100%. You have completely rubbed off on me with your traffic and weather and all your sad dad stuff. Now I'm turning into you. Like, where is it snowing today? I got to know because it's not snowing here. Andrew Bogish is here. Good morning. Sad dad stuff. I like the weather too. <laughs> oh, Bogish. I hate to inform. Am I breaking the news to you right now? No, whatever, Maggie. <laughs> I've got nothing in this room now. Lost Pearl off early. Now you here. I'm just stating the facts. If you are of a certain age and a certain place in your life, you may qualify as a, to be a sad dad. Do you like listening to music from the 1990s? Yeah. Do you have children who basically are over 75% of your social life? Ooh, close to it. I can't confirm over 75%. Push on that one. Okay. Do you wake up? How many times a day do you check the weather? Once. All right. How many times a day do you check the traffic? Zero. Okay. I don't drive anywhere that needs a traffic update. Okay. That how, is how shocking. How often do you check the train schedule? Uh, I know the train. <laughs> I know. I know the train schedule. I see Bogus walking in in the morning. He's a true commuter, by the way. He's the only one of us. Oh, EJ takes the train. Yeah, every now and then. Mm. And Pete takes the train. Every now and then. No, no, Pete, you drive. I drive. Yeah. Yeah. Pete took the train again for like four days and went back to driving. Wait a minute. I, I'll admit I'm a sad mom. I told you guys about the holiday party that I walked into and everyone's just talking about their kids and like, you know, the real estate market and it was just great party, but conversation was kind of lacking. I've, right. I'm owning up to it. Yeah, and our, all right. all, everyone's reaction is, what are you hearing about the real estate market? That's <laughs> all, I, all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, in suburban New Jersey. A lot, actually. Um, you don't think you're a sad dad? Uh, sad seems strong. Results it, are in. 
<laughs> you are not a sad father. All right. Oh, it's like Maury. Does he get to do a couple backflips? Go. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta run around. You gotta run around the studio and just like just jump up and down and be excited. There you go. You're not the father. All right. I'll take it. Small victories. Uh, so they traded a lot for Juan Soto two summers ago. They made the playoffs that fall, then suffered through a disappointing season this year. And now the Padres are trimming payroll, so Soto leaving town instead of signing a long-term extension. He and fellow outfielder Trent Grisham going to the Yankees for reliever Michael King, young righties Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Drew Thorpe, and catcher Kyle Higashioka. Soto still needs that new contract. He is expected to reach the open market next winter, no matter what. The Orioles adding closer Craig Kimbrell yesterday, while Arizona Oof. reportedly signs lefty starter Edward uh, yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez, four years and $80 million. So that's good for all you Yankee fans out there because Craig Kimbrell can never win anything anymore. He's the worst closer I've ever seen in my life. Just a little Phillies comment there. Oh, that's but the, the, all right, we had the, the Phillies, though, losing those games in the playoffs. Didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter at all because yeah, so no actually, one expected them to win. About, so. You guys don't care about Craig Kimbrell. You would love Craig Kimbrell. Right. Should have brought him back. I mean, honestly, I was actually, I don't know anything about managing baseball. Even I knew not to put him in those games. That was <laughs> that was a total disaster. But honestly, if you think you're going to get to me with a Phillies loss, come on, guys. Come on. I'm like the rest of America. Baseball, try harder. <laughs> Ty Lu thinks his Clippers Whoa. are figuring things out. Tonight, like I said, was really a, a big step in the right direction. You know, team that beat us eight in a row, and um, we struggled to beat. And um, just tonight was just a, a good game for us to just, you know, show that we're on track and going the right direction. Lou Sorry, pumped. just really quickly. I mm. believe that Craig Kimbrell did get the final out in the 2018 World Series. Yeah, but it's 2024 by the time he's an Oriole. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying we could. I think just, 2023 was the concern. But right. yeah, I guess to slander Craig Kimbrell like he wasn't ever good. I think he was good oh, until dude. he wasn't this year, too. Like They got him for a reason, and the only problem was at the end, which was inevitable. They were never going to win the NL, yeah. so it's really not his fault. It's he's, just like this is the up and down of relievers. Anyway, he is a World Series champion. Back to the up. He's washed. I just know, yeah, he's done. He Nine-time will screw All-Star. the Orioles over. Well, I was confused. Didn't they? Wasn't their closer last year some like 23-year-old guy that threw 100 million miles an hour, and they loved him? He was an All-Star, and now they're replacing him with Kimbrell? So no, well, he got hurt. Gonna, yeah, he got hurt. Tommy John. Okay, good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and back good to talk you. Thank, thank yourself. You don't want to ask. Yeah, I mean, it's the off-season. Whatever season. happened to that guy? They got Tommy John surgery. That's the story of baseball in a nutshell right there. If he was on the Aaron Rodgers method, he'd be back by spring training. Maybe I, he will be. None of r- these injuries matter anymore. <laughs> I believe that was right at the end at end of the regular season. Yeah, it's Felix Batista. He's out. Tommy John surgery. It was unfortunate because I think he would have made maybe been a factor in the playoffs. Who knows? But maybe I was out that day. Maybe. Uh, Ty Lue, <laughs> by the way, pumped after a 111-102 home win over the Nuggets. They lost to Denver last week with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray not playing. Both were out there last night with Jokic going 9 for 32 from the floor. L.A. got 25 points from Paul George, 20 and 11 assists from James Harden. Joel Embiid, 50 points in the Sixers, 131-126 win in Washington. 40 points, 10 boards, 11 assists for Luka Doncic. The Mavs routed the Jazz, 147-97. And Desmond Bain, a career-high 49 as the Grizzlies won in Detroit, 116-102. The Piston losing streak is now 18. It's 15 for the Spurs, a Ah. 102-94 final in Minnesota. Here's Greg Popovich. Execution was getting better all the time, Uh, but there's still too many mistakes, not enough habits. 
Uh, and we just keep working at that. Victor Webinyama with another flimsy double-double, 12 points and 10 boards. Does in Papa win a another loss. title? No. We're talking about Belichick and the sliding doors yeah. and Brady had never left. Right, here's another question. Is Nikola Jokic have his title? Is he done? Nine for 32? Is he's like, all right, I'm good. I'm, is he it's basically like the one bad game he's ever had? Is he going to mail in the rest of his career now that he's basically won this title? Is he going to be like, you know, now the new thing is NBA stars being one and done on the titles. Giannis will probably be one and done. Sorry. So, uh, Jokic, 9 for 32. The true MVP showed up last night. Joe Allen beat. He's had two bad games this season, and after each one, you've said he's checked out. Yeah, no, Jokic's <laughs> he numbers are better. definitely checked out. They're better across the board in almost every category. He does not care. Oh, averaging 28 he, points doesn't care. He is not paying. He's not even paying attention. He doesn't even know who won the game last night. He was <laughs> looking at He's like calling the game his, he was in. He's calling his buddy in uh, Serbian OTB trying to get the results <laughs> of race four. Yeah. Take your life in your own hands when you walk into a Serbian OTB. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> it's not a place we want to do not, do not eat the chicken tenders at a Serbian OTB. No, Every, everybody at the Serbian OTB looks like Jokers. Well. <laughs> they're all 6'8". They're all 300 pounds solid Same muscle. haircut for sure. Tattoo, same haircut. It's Serbia. I don't think they have an actual brick and mortar. It's just you can do this wherever you want at our horses. You just walk is, to a corner. You don't need a store. It's a guy named Ode. <laughs> like it's his house. No, you're, by the way, I'm, I'm sort of kidding about Jokic mailing it, but nine for 32, that is stunning. I've never seen him miss a single shot. How did he go nine for 32? Did he still have like 15 assists and 10 rebounds? Yeah, triple double. Rebounds? You already yeah. mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is, uh, that's shocking. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, plenty of QB news around the NFL yesterday. Trevor Lawrence and his ankle didn't practice, but playing in Cleveland Sunday apparently is still possible. Zach Wilson is again the Jets starter, whether he likes it or not. And Josh Dobbs remains Minnesota's starter for at least one more week, despite six turnovers in their last two games, both losses. And speaking again about Kelsey's and Tush's, Taylor Swift discussed her real relationship with Trav in Time Magazine while being named the Person of the Year. Tay-Tay was at Lambeau again last weekend. She doesn't care how many times she's on camera. She's just there to support her man. Quote, I have no awareness of if I'm being shown too much and pissing off a few dads, brads, and chads. Amen. <laughs> Take that, Maggie. I mean, shots fired at the brads and the chads. And the sad dads. And the sad dads, it's many of which are line. in this mm. studio. Look what you made her do. <laughs> Good oh. one, Pete. Um... You know, she talks really, like, the way she talked about Kelsey, that they were dating for months, she said, before yeah. she showed up at uh, at Arrowhead. Yeah. She said they didn't hard launch their relationship on a first date, which makes it sound like a, like fake. Right. He uses, he even, uses that language. Yeah, even talking about launches alone yeah. makes it suspect. No Taylor Swift talks about launches. So you guys think that this was all orchestrated mm. For the clicks and likes, but you can't comprehend her deciding when they should announce their actual relationship. <laughs> well, that's implausible. Well, by showing up by together, showing up. right? It, no, I'm saying, but it wasn't like, oh, it's official. We're dating, or no statement. They didn't do anything. It, well, she just showed up at a game and right, walked awkwardly which, next which to the Which is the trigger everyone's freaking out about them being together. Of course, they're going to put a press release yeah. out, but I, that was them launching their relationship. That was that was getting the boat oh, in the water. Yeah, them st- walking awkwardly into a car <laughs> that they never seen each other was a hard launch. <laughs> See, that's Gosh. the thing. They did look like they had never really met before when they were walking out. But listen, new relationship, I guess, is a little awkward. Um, <laughs> and they thought they were getting out in private. And then there were people there. 
in the hallway too. Yeah, they're surprised. There were people who were interested. In an it. NFL stadium, they're surprised. No. <laughs> there were people with Honestly, cameras. the person who, who shot that video was Walter Payton's son, Jared. It's not mm-hmm. like it was paparazzi. Oh, I know. Someone who was almost, also famous in his so own So random, right. though. That's Jared Payton. Hey, are you guys okay with Taylor winning? You've had a, a 24 hours to think about it. I'm totally fine with <laughs> so Taylor read, winning time person of the year. So I read the article. Yeah. And uh, it's... Interesting, but uh, it's a lot of Kanye and Kim, you know, it's a lot of old grudges, but it's a lot of like, I don't, it's a lot of old grudges and also I don't care what people think about me, which is always a little Mm, tough to stomach in the same article. However, I didn't realize exactly the extent that her tour like created an economy. Oh, yeah. It's like a LeBron James effect a little bit, right? LeBron and Cleveland and what he did for, you know, that area around the stadium and how I didn't realize exactly what the boom was. Like, so here was one line from the article. When she went to go play her uh, shows in Phoenix, Phoenix and the surrounding city, hotels, restaurants, all that stuff, saw more money from that than the Super Bowl. Right. Like, and again, the, all these things happened before Travis, and you think she needs Travis Kelsey for something. No. Oh, sorry. This is the other thing she said. When Travis called her out on the New Heights podcast, she thought that was, quote unquote, metal. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's so lame. And, yeah. <laughs> what? and my he, daughter is so judgmental, Taylor Swift. She's like, she's the lamest mom joke. I mean, even that Brad Chad dad thing was the yeah, corniest yeah. line ever. I mean, I mean it I, works, but it's just like, oh, God. I mean, really... listen, if, if we're looking for like cutting edge hip, Taylor Swift is not where you turn well, to. Well, okay, guys. I mean, let's be a legit, not judge her so much. She's like a billion dollar industry. Yeah, you got to have mass star. appeal. Oh, yeah, she's no, a pop there's, star. there's corniness that goes with popularity. Yeah, yeah. Like, 100%. Corny. There's she, a lot of. Like, yeah. She's she, laughing all the way to the bank. Of course. Yeah, she didn't have a cool summer. Oh. oh. <laughs> Show's over. Wait, did <laughs> you say guys tomorrow? Cruel Summer? Yeah. Is, it, is that, she has a song, she has a version of Cruel Summer? Yes. Like the Bananarama song? That's that's the better song, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bananarama song is better. Trying, that's right? an iconic song, right? Yeah. Cruel, Cruel Summer. Summer. What's her version? Sing it, Pete. I have no idea. I just know this, the name of the song. <laughs> By the way, Kanye West has an album called Cruel Summer. Oh, okay. So there's more Kanye uh, tales. But I agree with EJ. The more popular you get, you get the more corny you are by Absolutely. definition. That's the way the world has always worked. You kind of have to. Yeah, yeah, you, you, have to c- you have to relate as many people as possible. And we're all cornballs. America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To appeal to America. <laughs> America. You, yeah, you can't be like super deep and cutting right. edge. It's impossible. You won't. It won't sell all these tickets. Too much nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, um, I don't know, like, give me a cutting-edge indie rock star or whatever. They're not going to sell out all these stadiums. You, you have to be like Bruce or Taylor Swift. Just hit him in the head. <laughs> Bruce. Yeah. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Uh, yeah. She's the time person of the year. Talking about the Kelseys. And in a great, real relationship. And Kelsey the two said, of them. I was a little butt hurt that she wouldn't talk to me before the before the show. And she was like, that's the man I want to marry. A, five, five, a true two love two. story. <laughs> there you go. Heartless, heartless people. Uh, thank you, Andrew Bogish. Coming up, speaking of attention, Deion Sanders had something to say about all the attention he's gotten in college football at Colorado. We get to that in a minute. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio. Welcome back to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Just because their season may be over doesn't mean we've forgotten about our Daily Dion. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. you believe in that? The show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Dion Perloff yep. giving an interview where he said this, quote, you always wish that you had a little more privacy, mm. but the same thing that makes you shine will show your blemishes. Dion Sanders preaching for privacy to People Magazine. <laughs> People Magazine has this exclusive interview with Deion Sanders where he's asking everyone for more privacy while also announcing that the episodes of the Hard Knocks style YouTube show yeah. <laughs> that they have will continue to stream. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, just the fact that he's in People Magazine, I think you might be implying this, shows you uh, he is not this the little most... Out, this little outlet He's not the People most low-profile college coach. Yeah, I don't think People Magazine is profiling Mike Elko <laughs> next think, week. I think Bronco Mendenhall is getting yeah, an exclusive in People Magazine. There are not a lot of college coaches that get in People Magazine. Now, I do... Okay. When I first read this headline, I immediately laughed. I'm like, he's the opposite of this. But I'll bet you, he, after all that attention, that attention was probably a lot less fun when he started losing games. So he probably that was probably a genuine thought. And Dion is a straight shooter. Is like, man, early in the season this was fun. But don't you think he does wish? I wish everyone wasn't here right now. I get that. <laughs> I think that often. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You can't solicit everybody and hey, come look at me. And then as soon as you want them to go away, they go away. It's not going to happen. Be, if Dion could engineer that, I'll bet you he would love it. So he his quote he said um, it was crazy. Crazy early on when they started three and zero, he said. Then it all calmed down to a halt. We're going to show you how we dealt with that adversity. It was tough because I've never lost pretty much in my life, and in the last several years of my life, ten years, a decade, I'm a darn winner. So dealing with losses was tough. Yeah, you know the funny thing about Dion, and I've said this before. About eight years ago, he was at the NFL. He was a big deal, yep. but he was just another NFL analyst. This Dion, I never would have pictured him eight years ago being the sportsman of the year this year. This is a, still an incredible journey. Even it's like a second in, act. It's a second act, but he had a long stay at the NFL Network where yeah. he was just one of many voices, right? He wasn't Dion. Then he reminded us all. So this, to me, it's the most fascinating. What's it, what's the third act going to be? How does he follow up next year? I got to tell you, I'm watching every Colorado game. You have to. Yeah. I mean, also because... You know, and maybe it's sour grapes. It probably definitely is sour grapes. But, like, he's had other coaches who anonymously came out in the athletics, said it's going to be year two is going to be a lot harder than year one. Mm. Like, he's kind of getting dunked on a little bit by other coaches. Again, anonymously, it's yeah. cowardice. But 
that. He's a decommits from the transfer portal. Like Shador now has a back injury because he got sacked so often. Like there's a lot here. Yeah, I mean, one thing, and I pointed this out to you the other day, their schedule gets a lot easier. He happened to be coming to the hardest Pac-12 of all time. He was going up against Bo Nix and Michael Penix and all these guys and Caleb Williams, and then they lost games to Stanford. The Big 12 is going to be easier. It's not going to be super easy. I think there's a lot of good teams in the Big 12, but he should be able to get past four wins, I think. Okay, but think about it. Now he could go to a a quote-unquote easier conference to win, but with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams, yeah. you're going to have a lot of people who are going to say that's the expectation. Now, that might not be fair, but, but it's I like think these he lowered, 12 spots opened up and it feels like the floodgates open. I think that he lowered it to in three years he's got to make that big final 12. I don't think next year he has to make it. I think when they were 3-0, and we all thought, oh, they're going to be in the playoff maybe this year. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I would hope, and do you really think that's going to be the expectation? I would hope people say in three years you got to be in. Where will he be in three years, though? Like, again, that's all the whole thing that comes along with this second act for him. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to make it this year. Uh, And, you know, it's going to be hard for him to replace his son, who part of this is he has an incredible quarterback, and those do not come along that often. And and linebacker with Shiloh, who's also coming back. Yeah. Right? See, linebacker, safety, whatever. Yeah, safety, Safety. linebacker. Yeah. But, again, uh, this is a lot of fun. He ain't getting privacy. That's just not happening with Deion Sanders. Preaching for privacy in an interview with People Magazine is quite something. If that's not Deion Sanders, I don't know what is. Coming up, tonight a must-win game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get to that in a minute. Don't move.